I, I'm thankful to be a part of a church where we have something like that, where we can go even in the midst of Damien's grief and come alongside like his church family has and just be part of the Big C Church and be a part of encouraging and blessing someone who's really going through a really hard season. But even his testimony of receiving that is one that encourages me to know that he is walking through that and he knows that God is with him through all of this. Um, so thank you for all of you that give to Dollar Club. Uh, we so appreciate your generosity and being a part of, of blessing someone else. So as we dive into God's word this morning, let's pray together. Um, God, we come into your presence uh, thankful that you have already met with us. Uh, and God, we come to you and we bring our true selves to you. Um, the good and the bad of our lives, the, the highs and the lows, the joys and the griefs. God, we want to meet you where we really are. So Spirit, do your work as we open up our minds and our hearts to your word. Uh, speak to us and give us some clear guidance. God, we want to leave here changed as a result of meeting you in your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as you know, we have been making our way through the story arc of the Bible from, since January. Uh, this The story arc of God's redemption. And we have arrived over the last few weeks... Uh, at the, the start of the early church, uh, and we've seen how God established the church and he, he gave his church a mission, that they were to share his gospel, that they were to spread the good news that God has done something, that, that God has defeated the penalty and the power of sin, and he now offers uh, an invitation to have a personal relationship with him. And the early church took that mission and they embraced that mission and the gospel, this good news spread throughout the Roman Empire and it has spread throughout the centuries until it has landed into our hearts. And for the last few weeks, we've been looking at what a church looks like, or, or maybe more pointed, what a life looks like that has encountered God's grace and that is led and transformed by the spirit that God gave us. Because the fact is that when God's grace hits you, when you encounter God's grace, it changes everything about everything. Our lives get turned upside down and we live completely different. Our priorities change. The, the purpose of our life changes. The, way, the, the ways that, that we treat people and the ways that we love people, all of that changes. And today, I want to look at one aspect of what a transformed life looks like. And, and this one aspect has the power to make a huge difference in your life. And this one thing, if we'll do it, has the potential to be one of the most powerful witnesses to God's work in your life to those that are watching. And yet it's one thing that you will want to resist. It's one thing that you will not want to do. Today I want to talk about what it means to forgive people that hurt us. And I'll admit, this was a hard one for me this week, just because as I was studying and pouring myself into it, it forced me to deal with some lingering heart issues that have been stuck in my heart for a little while, and I had to do some work. But it's allowed me to also look and say, God, what is the ways in which you want us to do this? Because the fact is that we all live these broken lives, and we live in this broken world, and at some point, our relationships end up having hurts and wounds that come with them. Some may have been accidental. Some may have come from a, a misspoken word or, or a misinterpreted word that someone said, or some have been purposeful. And intentional. Some things that have hurt you should have never happened at all. Some of you are here this morning and you're carrying around an unimaginable hurt because of someone else's actions. So when I say that we're going to talk about forgiveness, who came to mind for you? Maybe it was a former business partner 
who stole from you. Maybe it was your ex-spouse who betrayed their vows and crushed your heart. Maybe it was a parent as you were growing up that no matter how much you tried to please them, it seemed like it was never enough and they made you feel small and insignificant and you've carried that hurt into adulthood. So who was it that betrayed you? Who was it that, that lied about you? Who was it that took advantage of you in some way? And right now, just about everybody has a face that's come up. And when that person comes up in conversation, this is the person you say, no, we, we don't mention that name around here. And the hurt and the wound and the resentment has just lingered over a period of time. So this morning, I want to lead you, we want to lead us to a place that perhaps you're not willing to go. And the fact is that, that we have a lot of reasons why it is that we struggle to forgive others. The, the first of you taking notes is that we have a wrong understanding of forgiveness, Sometimes people walk through life and they have a wrong definition of what forgiveness is in their mind, so they never even attempt it. They never even try to pursue what forgiveness is. So before we get, as we get started, I want to make sure that we understand what forgiveness is not. The first thing that we understand is that forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. Forgiveness is not condoning their behavior. It's not excusing their behavior. Forgiveness is not saying that it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It was sinful, and it was hurtful, and it was wrong, and forgiveness allows you to state that. The damage and the wounds are real. Forgiveness does not minimize what they've done, and forgiveness is not reconciliation. And I think this is maybe one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about forgiveness. People think that, that if I forgive them, then that means that I have to go right back into the relationship, that I, I have to be a, a doormat for Jesus, that I have to just take the hurt. But Forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. Reconciliation and trust requires that the other person do something. It requires that the other person repent. It requires that the other person change in some way. And there are actually times when I'm counseling people that I will say, you know what, now is not the time to even pursue or attempt reconciliation because the other person is unwell. And they're not changing. And to go back into that relationship, you just want to put yourself back into another hurtful situation. The fact is that you can forgive and still expect consequences for what the person did. That, that you can forgive and set healthy boundaries in the relationship and demand that the other person prove themselves trustworthy over time. For your heart to heal, you, you have to forgive. But forgiveness does not mean that you have to immediately trust the other person. That's on them. They have to be able to prove themselves trust, trustworthy over time. And the last thing that forgiveness is not is forgiveness is not forgetting. Sometimes people will, will say that you need to forgive and forget. And usually what they mean when they say that is that, that you need to, to stuff it, to stuff the emotions and, and move on. But that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not acting like it didn't happen. Forgiveness is not sweeping it under the rug, rug or, or stuffing your emotions because that never works. Those things will come out sideways at some point in your life. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness actually allows us to name what it is and to deal with it so that we can actually get to a place of long-term healing. Another pushback and reason why we struggle to forgive is that we don't think that forgiveness is fair. We tell ourselves that they don't deserve my forgiveness. They've even asked for it. They haven't even said that they're sorry. Why should I be the bigger person and forgive them when they haven't even come to me? And they're the ones that are wrong. It's not fair. And we fixate on 
fairness. And I'll tell you up front, forgiveness by its very nature is unfair. But if you're here and you are a Christian, you don't want to go the fair route. Because if God was fair, we would all be paying for our sins on our own. God is always just, but thankfully he's not always fair. And we benefit when God is not fair towards us. Psalm 103 says it this way. I love how, Paul, or how uh, David says it. He says, God does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. God doesn't deal with us as our sins deserve. We deserve punishment, but God gives us grace. And he gives us forgiveness and he gives us his love. And we benefit from God's unfair treatment of us, that he deals with us in ways that we, aren't, that we don't deserve, that we want mercy and we want his forgiveness when we do something wrong, but we want revenge when someone harms us. And God says, I won't let you have that double standard. And that pushes back against everything in us. And we don't want to do this step. And in fact, we may even say this, that we don't think that we can do it feels impossible. There's no way that I can get myself there. And to some degree, you're right. You really can't forgive under your own human strength. But God doesn't call us to do something without giving us the strength or the ability to do it. Paul says, says it this way in Philippians 4. He says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything. The hard things that God asks me to do, I can do only because he gives me the strength to do it. There's nothing easy about forgiveness. It's easy to just follow your feelings and hold on to the grudge. It's easy to, to continue to believe the worst about the, the other person or to wish the worst on someone else. It's easy to, to continue to, to plot and to plan your revenge against them. It's easy to, to just cut them out of your life and not talk and not heal. It's easy to, to just walk in bitterness. All that takes is to follow your feelings. But Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a conscious decision to pass along what God has given us. If Take a note, you can say it this way. Forgiveness is a choice to give to others what God has given to us in Christ. And that's a really difficult thing to do if we try to only do it out of our own human strength. And that's why God offers us his strength to do something that's really difficult. So I want to spend the rest of our time talking through how do we do this? All right, if God, if you're calling me to do this, how do I actually do it? What is the process of actually forgiving someone who's hurt us? So Ephesians 4, Paul says it this way. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Paul paints a very clear picture of just how important forgiveness is to God. It says that, that when we refuse to forgive, when we hold on to resentment, that it actually grieves the heart of God. Have you ever thought about that? that? That your reluctance, that your refusal to forgive your enemy actually grieves God? Which begs the question, why is that? Why is this such a big deal? Why is this so important to him? There are a lot of reasons, but I think one of the top reasons why he would ask you to do something that is, that is so hard and that just seems so unfair is because he loves you so much. 
He doesn't just ask you to forgive the person to heal the relationship or to, to let them off the hook. He, he understands that he wants, he wants to help heal you. One author said it this way. He says that when you forgive, you set a prisoner free only to find out that the prisoner was you. So God says, here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to, to root out and to rid yourself of this bitterness and this rage and resentment, this ill will that, that you're harboring in your heart. Because what happens, whenever we continue to cling on to those things, it doesn't affect the other person at all. They just continue to live their lives. But the reason that God commands us to forgive is because our Heavenly Father knows to refuse to let go of that resentment is just to push the self-destruct button. Refusing to forgive is to chain yourself to that past hurt. And you're going to drag that hurt into relationship after relationship. And it will imprison you. And it'll shrink your capacity to love. And it'll shrink your ability to actually experience the full life that God has for you. And a loving heavenly father wouldn't want you to experience that. So God says, I want to free you from that bondage that's holding you back. Forgiveness is letting go of those things. And instead, he says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. If you have your Bibles with you, I would circle, underline, put a star beside of that phrase, just as. Because that, that is the key and the power of forgiveness. Because regardless of what the other person has to do, in order for me to forgive, I, I must first do this step. I need to remember God's forgiveness. Forgiveness is giving to other people the same grace that God has given to us. So for those of us that, that, are, that are Christ followers, have you ever been forgiven of anything? Has God ever had to forgive you of something? Have you ever experienced his undeserved grace in your life? There may be some, some perfect people in here, but I know for me, I can look back at my life and I can count the things that he has had to forgive me of. He's forgiven me for lying and coveting and spreading gospel, or spreading gossip. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't forgive me for spreading the gospel. It's the gossip part that... <laughs> He's had to forgive me of, of harboring hateful thoughts to, about other people. Forgiving others begins by, by looking in the mirror and then looking at the cross. And, and at some point, I'll come to realize this, that I will never have to forgive anyone more than God has already forgiven me. That there is no way, God has forgiven me for way more than even my worst enemy could ever do. God knew everything that you would ever do. He knew what you did. He knows what you're currently struggling with. He knows what you will do later on in your life. He saw all of that, and at the cross, he forgave it all, past, present, and future. And if, if we can grasp the depth of his grace, if we can grasp the depth of his love and his mercy, and remember what we've been rescued from, that we've been rescued from the, the penalty that, that we deserve, that the punishment that we now get to escape, and then we're also rescued too, that he now gives us a purpose, that our lives can matter, that he can use our lives to make a difference in this world. And if we can grasp the depth of his love, it changes everything about everything. And as we remember God's forgiveness towards us, then now we have the capacity to do this next step, which is to freely give what you have received. Again, Forgiveness is giving to others what God has given to us. God's grace was never meant to just stop at us. We weren't meant to just be the end of a cul-de-sac of God's grace. He gives it to us to spread to others. 
that the gospel is not just about receiving forgiveness, but it's also giving it to others. But forgiveness is this idea of, we, we need to understand that, it can, it can, that forgiveness flows to us to flow through us to others. So how's your flow right now? If, as you imagine the, the grace that's coming to your life, is it freely flowing through your life to others? Jesus in the Lord's Prayer said it this way, he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and what comes next. He says this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven those we have a debt against. Would you really want to pray that? Would you really want to pray, hey, God, forgive me just like I have forgiven them. Forgive me just like I have forgiven my boss that I still hate. Forgive me as I have forgiven my ex-spouse who I just tore to shreds on Facebook. That's a very provocative prayer. And I think what Jesus is trying to do is trying to wake us up from our senses, understand that God's forgiveness came to us to flow through us. So how's your flow? I don't need to wait for the other person to apologize to do this. I need to be able to freely give what God has given to me regardless of what they do. For those that are God's people, our motto should be forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people just naturally forgive because we recognize how much he has given us so we want to naturally pass it along. It doesn't make any sense to, if you think about it, to, to receive this extravagant gift that God has given us only to keep it for ourselves. That's why he calls us to dispense this gift of grace to others. The third thing that we have to do is we have to choose faith over feelings. Don't wait on your feelings to compel you to actually do the thing that God's commanded you to do. Forgiveness requires faith on our part. It, faith is what allows us and enables us to see um, an opportunity for freedom in our life instead of just an opportunity for revenge or to be offended. Faith empowers me to act when I don't want to. But, but as a believer, what I need to understand is, is faith leads my life and the feelings will follow later. In my flesh, I still feel angry. I still feel betrayed. I still feel foolish that they got that over on me. I, I don't feel like doing this, but by faith, I'm choosing to offer them the same thing that God gave me. And by faith, I, I'm gonna take God at his word that there is something better for me on the other side of forgiveness than me just hanging onto this grudge. And by faith, I'm gonna obey what he says to do. That's what God wants to do for us. God wants to lead you in a way of handling your enemy that is completely different than what the world and our culture says to do. So I wanna give you some actions that you're not gonna to wanna to do. And they're gonna require faith. And you have to believe that God is gonna do something with it that you don't wanna do on your own. So you're like, uh, no, I'm not gonna, why would I do that? Okay, okay, I'll pray for them. I pray that they lose their job and their bed is full of fleas. How about that, God? Is that what you... That's not the kind of prayer that he wants us to pray for. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute, who persecute you. And it doesn't even need to be a fancy prayer. It, to be honest, it doesn't even need to be a heartfelt prayer. It can just be one of obedience where you say, God, I don't like them, but I'm praying for them because you told me I have to. But here's what happens. As you begin to, to take your enemy into the presence of God, it changes our attitude towards them. And we begin 
to realize, or maybe God brings to mind that, that maybe their hurtful actions towards me is stemming from some past hurt in their own lives. And as we pray for our enemy, it allows us to see them the way that God sees them, that they are an image bearer of his, who need his grace. And I remember that, that Christ died for them as much as he died for me. And I begin to realize that I'm not so different than them. And they're not so different than me. The fact is that you cannot pray for someone and hate them at the same time. Prayer will begin to soften your heart and then you can do this next step, which is to bless them. And, and blessing in the Bible literally just means to speak well of them. Sometimes you'll hear people say, you know, yeah, I've forgiven him, but that, is, that guy is still, he's still this low down, dirty scoundrel. Forgiveness brings us to a place where we can actually bless them and speak well of them. Romans says it this way, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. What would it look like for you to, to change the way that you speak about the people who have hurt you in some way? To, to actively look for good in their life and to speak well of them. And, and when someone comes in and they try to stir the pot and they start talking about them in some way, you say, you know, I'm not gonna take part in this gossip. And in fact, I'm gonna change the conversation and actively speak well about them. I told you you're not gonna wanna do these. <laughs> but this actually leads us to a place of healing. It, it, and God asks us to do this last thing as well. Do good to them. Pray for them, bless them, and do good for them. And that just seems like such an impossible thing to do. Paul says it this way in Romans 12. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. This last step forces us to do the opposite of what we want to do. As I, we're going to leave justice into God's hands. That I'm going to give him some room to do what only he can do. That, that he can take care of justice as he sees fit. Forgiveness is letting go of my right to get even and trusting that God is a just God and will do the right thing in his timing. And he's saying, God's saying to us, leave it to me. Let me handle this. Give me some room to work, but we have a role to play. He says, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. He says, overcome evil. Overcome the wrongs that were done to you by doing good. And I'm not asking to like it. I don't like it. What God is saying is, I want you to trust me. I want you to obey what I'm telling you to do, to, to get to where God wants to lead you, to get to where God wants to lead me to a place of freedom in my life and a freedom from resentment and bitterness and rage. And I need to do some of these things by faith, trusting that he's gonna lead me there, that his wisdom is greater than the wisdom of this world. Some of you are here this morning and you're hurt and you're angry, and you're bitter, and you have refused to forgive some people in your life. And you've been walking through your life holding on to this grudge, holding on to resentment because they don't deserve 
your forgiveness. But that unforgiveness, it's like a cancer to your soul. And your heavenly father says, I love you too much to watch you do this to yourself. I know you've been hurt. I am so sorry that you have had to endure this, but that bitterness is destroying you. And you don't have to be controlled by it anymore. The truth is that your freedom is on the other side of having the faith to forgive for your sake, not even for the sake of your enemy, for your sake. You need to have the faith to choose to say, what you did to me is no longer going to hold me prisoner. What you said about me is no longer going to limit my future. And I'm not going to allow your betrayal of me to pollute my heart and to poison my soul anymore. Yes, what you did was wrong. And yes, what you did wasn't fair and it wasn't right. But I'm not going to let your actions prevent me from stepping into God's future for my life. So by faith, I'm choosing to let it go. By faith, I'm going to give to you what God has given me, which is forgiveness. And I'm going to leave justice to him. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. It doesn't change what they did or what they said, but it does change our soul and it allows us to be a part of God's mission of giving some of what he gave us, his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness to others. And as a result, we'll walk through this life differently. When God's grace hits our lives, it changes everything about everything. And we get rid of all that baggage that comes with unforgiveness. And we can show kindness and compassion and mercy and grace. It gives the watching world a vivid picture of the power of the gospel, a vivid picture of the power of what God's grace can do and what a transformed life of faith looks like. If We'll just have the faith to obey. Let me pray for us. Father, this is hard. As we walk through this life, we endure pain and hardship of just walking through a broken world, but then we add to that some of the hurt that comes from our relationships, and it's, it can leave deep and lasting wounds, but God, you love us too much to allow us to just sit there in the hurt, but you lead us to a place of healing. You want to lead us to a place of freedom, where we can experience the, the full life that you say you want us to offer, to, to live. So God, right now, I just pray that you would bring to mind some of those faces and those names that we have to deal with and give us the strength to be able to do the hard thing of letting go, letting go of our resentment and trusting that you will do what you can do and that you will begin a healing work in our lives. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will see you back here next time. Have a great Thanksgiving, guys.